Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Hello, and welcome back to Wine and Sympathy. My love, here is your wine. Oh, thank you, darling. Okay. Yes. All right. Charles. Cheers. Charles. Today, um, today we are here with our wonderful guest, Catherine Chrisman, who is a results coach and spiritual educator. So we're going to talk a little bit about getting what you want or how to get what you want with Catherine. Brilliant. Yes. So Catherine is actually a really good friend of mine. I've known her for, what, 12 years, pretty much the entire time that I've been here in Australia. And I met her at a Unitarian Universalist group in West End. So I grew up as a Unitarian Universalist. Catherine was a participant in the Unitarian Universalist group here in Brisbane. And she actually, like myself, comes from America. She's from Atlanta, Atlanta, yeah, Peachtree. Peachtree, is it Peachtree? <laughs> she's just she's nodding. Just, she's just it's a quiet voice, babe. Oh, cheers. Let's cheers to that. Cheers. Oh, that was cute. Mm. Being, being from Atlanta is like being from Brisbane. Right. right you're okay. not, you say you're from Brisbane, but, but you're you not in, really from Brisbane. You live in Cooperoo. Yes. Or you live in West End That's or right. Ashgrove or, you Love know. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so suburb, a suburb about Atlanta, Atlanta, but the actual suburb is Lilburn. I did Lilburn. 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 Which is near yeah. Stone Mountain. And Stone Mountain, Georgia is um, sometimes called the eighth wonder of the world. Is it? If you haven't been, <laughs> if you haven't been to Stone Mountain and you ever make it to Atlanta, Georgia, you must go. It's our version of the Uluru. Okay. Right. Oh, right. oh, okay. Sorry. Did not mean to disrespect. Just, I was just like, what? <laughs> it's just, well, I guess it does kind of sound funny, stone. Yeah. It's I can't the largest I've never known piece this. of exposed granite in the world. Oh, I did not know that either. And the roots of the mountain um, extend through seven states. Mountains have South. roots now. Really? Oh, yeah. So, so the granite to, bed yeah. extends through Tennessee, Alabama. Yeah. I was going to ask if you knew which And it's a sacred site for um, the Cherokee. Who oh, were, yes, that's kind of cool. Who were moved on, Trail of Tears. But we are slightly... Another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are slightly digressing off topic. Yeah. yeah. Asabi, what were well, we... Let's go back to... <laughs> let's go back to how you guys know each other. Yeah, so I met Catherine at this Unitarian Universalist group here in Brisbane back in 2008. Good year, that. And what I remember that she was... When I first saw her, I thought, wow, this woman is beautiful. She's eloquent. She's amazing, gorgeous outfit on. And Thank you. I, yeah, and I don't know why I felt like a kid in high school, like, oh, my God, is the popular girl going to talk to me? And, <laughs> and then, of course, Aww. she did. And not only did she talk to me, she drove me home, which was all of five minutes. But we sat in the car and talked for about four hours. Oh, my God, I love that. I remember really needing to pee, but I didn't want... Can you please not do that when I'm having a mouthful of wine? What the? I didn't want to stop the conversation, so I held it in for four hours. My bladder is amazing. Um, So so that's 
that's how I know Catherine, and, and we've had a multitude of fantastic conversations since. So yeah, that was well, not welcome. a one-off. That no, that's like the standard. Like, that's our that's our minimum. Yeah. Well, but, welcome, Catherine, and and what I I know you because I know you through Asavi, and I've mm. got to kind of agree with your first impressions when that, you first opened your mouth and started talking to me. I was just like, huh? And and for people who can't see what I'm doing right here right now, she I, looks I, a little bit like a Finding Nemo. Yeah, yes. I was like, huh? Dory. I was so Dory. in Dory face. The way that you you speak, the way that you immediately make someone feel welcome is actually a beautiful gift, mm. and not many people have that. And I saw that straight away, and I was just like, and once again, I'm doing that face. Yes, the Dory face. The Dory face. Dory face. Where I was just absolutely fascinated with everything that you were saying. Yeah. So please continue. So that's that's basically how Catherine and I met. And I, what I find fascinating about Catherine is that she grew up in a Presbyterian household, a, a um, Christian household. Studied at seminary. She was a chaplain and a youth minister, a youth pastor, and somehow went from you know I believe that if you don't believe the way I do, you could potentially go to hell to everyone is free to make their own decision and everyone is equal and and you know, we completely believe in free will. So That's a big jump. It's a massive jump. It is a very massive jump and coming from the buckle of the Bible belt in America, <laughs> as I do, you don't really see a lot of that. You see people going the other way. You see people being, I'm an atheist, and then all of a sudden they find Jesus you know what, guys? and God. Belts went out of fashion in 1990. I so. saw you wear one last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was my uniform. I have now since quit. <laughs> it's time to move on. <laughs> so I, what I, the first thing I want to ask to Catherine, ask to Catherine, ask Catherine. Yeah, Catherine. so silly. Um, how did you go from being this you know, Christian minister to now a person who's about spirituality? Yeah, how'd you get here? Mm-hmm. The short answer is that I moved to Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Changes. When I, when I moved to Australia, um, I had the opportunity to potentially develop a curriculum in spirituality um, and spiritual healing for naturopathic students at Southern Cross University. Much. That's not why I was coming. I was coming because my partner was Australian mm. and my job was up for sale in the States. And so it was either take another contract for another two to four years and delay moving to Australia, which was something I had been planning on doing, or come earlier. Mm. So because of the kind of not planned situation of suddenly moving to Australia, um, seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, but this was kind of like, what job was I going to do? Well, I was just going to kind of shift into doing some teaching. Just wing because, it. Yeah. And um, that was primarily because my favorite job was being a chaplain mm-hmm. um, at a, a southern hospital in America. And I got the chance to work in educating doctors. And nurses um, on staff there in how they could be more aware of their patients sense of spirit and back then it was what was their relationship to God and did they go to a particular church temple synagogue mosque whatever their religious persuasion is 
Something that um, Australians don't um, sometimes realise is that in America, the, um, the whole profession of being a chaplain is that while you're educated from a religious tradition or a spiritual tradition, you serve everybody. Yeah. Regardless of what their belief is. And so we wouldn't have we wouldn't have described it like this at the time, but kinda how I say it now is that we used to find out what people's story was and whether it worked for them. And then help them on that spiritual path? Well if if their story was working for them, we supported them. What right does that, that mean if their story is working? So them? if they had a um, a way of looking at the world that gave them strength, gave them hope, gave them purpose. Finding faith anywhere? Yep. Right. And it could be in God. It could be in... Medicine. You're medicine. working with doctors, right? It could be in nature. Cool. It could be mm -hmm. in themselves. Um, it could be in friends or family, whatever. Um, I used to say that, um, you know, perhaps I wasn't such a great um, pastor because I didn't ever really care what people believed once I got to the chaplain part sure. I didn't care what they believed I cared that they believed right what that meant was I wanted to know what made somebody get out of bed in the morning and be able to cope with whatever life threw them with grace and strength and and want to contribute to making the world a better place that's what I was interested in helping people connect with for themselves right what was that for them and if they didn't, if they couldn't articulate that, then my job was to help them articulate that. So whether life was faith, whether it was fortitude, or whether it was just learned behavior. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, and then if they had a way of looking at the world um, or a particular belief system that wasn't working for them, then my job was to help them create a new one. Mm. find a new way of thinking about their life, about their God, about their spirit, about however it was they were interacting with the world, and so that they could get to a place of peace and a place of, of strength. Now, you were saying that you were working with doctors when you were doing this. So were these people that were mainly in the hospital, and were they sick, and was this a way to help them heal? Mm. So chaplains um, in the system, and, and Australia does this as well, a chaplain is primarily serving patients. So in America, we're an integrated part of the medical team, and our job is to take on the spiritual healing of patients. And the primary thing we're looking for there is loss, because most spiritual dis-ease the disease of oh, the spirit. That was we cool. call it an it's that uneasy place. Sure. And it's that's your when you're not at ease. Yes. That's your spiritual disease. Right. And it often has roots in loss. And it can be loss in a hospital, it's loss of your health, loss of your vitality, loss of family, um, loss of life, even. Um, but it can loss. be loss of job. It could mm. be your dog died, it could be a relationship, divorce, you know, all those kind of mm. stressors. Just decline. loss. So mm. that's what we looked for. And then as kind of an entryway, that was part of our diagnostic model. But we were also there to serve the medical team. So doctors and nurses are there to serve the patients, but they're human beings and they 
get affected by the patients they're dealing with. And so we also help them to deal with the stress of their jobs, pressure of their job, the grief that comes up from their job. Um, back when I was doing that, or going 25 years ago, um, they were just beginning to research compassion fatigue, which is where people... Gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a term that um, they came up with, um, particularly it started in the nursing profession, but looking at helping professions and how the caregivers in those you know, roles, people that worked in those roles, got compassion fatigue, yeah. where they just literally worn down, burn, burn yeah. out. You know what, I agree with out. you. I work with nurses every day in my new position, and I must say they are quite possibly different breed of people the, the absolute crazy empathy and caring and love that these nurses have and I mean I don't I look at them and go what I would tell I'd kick that person to the curb and they're like oh but it's okay they're just not feeling well and then I mean I don't mean to put that voice on but yeah. they have a different outlook when they look at yeah. people they just yeah. have these hearts mm. and mm. nurses I like seriously yeah. amazing and so people that are in those professions healing professions, but especially in the Western medical um, model, are trained in ways of thinking about the body and the mind that often don't take into account whole person care. That's now that's that's 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but because I started out my career in um, seeing people that were trained for the body and people that were trained for the mind and people that were trained for the spirit and healing all working together on the behalf of a patient and seeing amazing, amazing things um, and learning so many things. That's kind of where I caught the bug yeah. of being interested in spiritual health, right. um, even more than spiritual belief, which is as a pastor, as being trained as a pastor was about learning the tradition of Christianity, the history of it, why we believe what we believe. My particular brand at the time was Presbyterian. And I've always been a learner and a curious seeker and always asking questions. And um, I, I often just say I, I kept going with that. I didn't stop with the education that I got in seminary. I kept learning. And many of my colleagues did as well. Yeah. Um, well, you're always learning, aren't you? Like, I mean, that's... That's what we do Agreed. as human beings. We're hmm. constantly learning new things every single day. And I don't know how you can't, because there's always something hmm. to learn. There's always something to learn. True. So, True. Hmm. so bringing so, that forward to now, um, and there's so much more to, to unpack from all of that. That was hmm. like epic. There's hmm. so much more that we need to talk about with you. But what do you think your greatest accom accomplishment is so far? So this might sound a little strange, but it's, I actually consider my capacity to change my mind. Mm. What? Change my mind. And I don't mean just today I like vanilla, <laughs> tomorrow I like chocolate. But we always change it's, our minds, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll That's stop what we that. do. What? Today I like Pinot Grigio. It's five and Aries, so yeah. don't change my mind very often. <laughs> Top um, up anybody, ladies? Yes, please. I've got a lovely top up, the Pinot Grigian from Artisan Wines. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 2018 <laughs> varietal. And sorry, what was that about changing minds? I, um, I had a, a dear friend recently say to me, um, she's a local wedding celebrant, and she said to me, 
Do you know, I've never really understood how you went from being a Bible Belt evangelist. Like, mm -hmm. Because I was super, super interested when I first started out in what you believed and whether or not you were going to help. I don't think we could have been friends. And no, 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 no definitely. I wouldn't have been friends. Like now, yes. I wouldn't be friends with me. Oh my goodness! And it wasn't. I wasn't mean. I was. I. I. You were just steadfast. I definitely mm. believed it. I believed mm. it, and that's and lots lots of people do believe that. And yeah. I believed it at the time, and I was very very concerned that people that I cared about might be going to hell. Mm. <laughs> I was super concerned about that, and so I wanted to make sure that. They didn't, but I also very early in the piece kind of caught this idea that regardless in my evolution, once I got to the concept of if heaven and hell didn't exist, let's say it didn't exist, there was a thought back then that people might not be good mm. or do good mm. because, well, what's the point? Mm. If you don't have to be good to go to heaven, well, you just do what you want. And that always really puzzled me. Because it was like, well, I want to do good because I want to do good. Because yeah. it makes you feel good. Because it makes right. you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we yeah. do good because we are good inherently. Mm. Uh, well, I'm just going to chuck that one out there. Yeah. Everybody is. Mm, uh, yeah. I'm going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I, why we're drinking. Sure I, I, was, Vanessa, but yes. I was talking about a very evil infant that I knew growing up, so... I, I do believe that there are some people that are born inherently bad. You knew Damon? You knew Damon? Damien, yes, oh, I Damien. did. Oh, Damien. Sorry, I was Damien. Uh, yeah, I knew Damien. I knew a Damien. I've known a number of Damiens. I've known some. Ah, uh, see, I, I, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the thought. I want, I think as we get to a certain age, <clears throat> as we all are, you look at, world, at the world very differently and yes. we say, okay, my footprint here matters, but more importantly, the imprint. Here matters. Yeah. Am I doing good today, or am I being a see you next Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Am I being good not only to the people next to me, but to myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of ask that question every day. Yeah. And and I think you are question. a good person. You are. You know, I've seen Vanessa in reality TV shows from fifteen years <laughs> ago, and she is the same person then as she is now. Just very straightforward and open-minded. <laughs> Maybe a little bit older. Still is gorgeous. But you know what I mean? Like you can you you know a good person when you know a good person and and you see it in them. Mm. And I think, you know, that's what you uh, have, that's what Vanessa so has. That that's kinda how I got here in that And that helps you with your greatest accomplishment. Changing my mind. Why do I have no problems with that? So word? one of one of the things that I learned when I was a chaplain hospital was that I could see the good in anybody. Right. Not because I inherently could do it, but I I had sort of the ability to do it, but I honed it and I practiced it yeah. because it was my job. Yes. My job was to serve whoever came in my door. And the, the, the time it got the most tested was when a little, and this is a, a distressing story, which I'll try to lighten up, but PSA, yeah. distressing story coming. Yeah. Be distressing. It's okay. So a little four-year-old girl had been beaten by her stepfather until she was in a coma. Mm, he was known sucks. to authorities. He had been reported numerous occasions. And I was called 
because the family um, needed assistance. The mother, the grandmother, and the sister of the mother, so the, the child's aunt, um, were in intensive care. And the, the man who had, her basically it was her partner, they weren't actually married, so... Boyfriend. He technically was a stepfather, yeah. yeah. But they'd been together for a while. Yeah. And it was all this little girl knew of as a father. Anyway, um, they were having to make the decision to take the child off of life support. Oh. And so I needed to go and help them understand their options and talk about organ donation. Because but can you organ, organ donate donor. from a four-year-old? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. No, children you children can. need organs. Yes, you oh. can. So oh, my God. You can imagine if you're the parent of a four-year-old that needs a heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and God. And there's a four-year-old that has a heart. This is an heart. awful story, by the it way. It is an awful story. However, it, it's a beautiful story, which is why I'm going to press forward. Okay, good. So I help this family. We're going through that. They decide that she's going to be organ donor. They decide, you know, life support and all the rest. Before she is going to, well, they don't take you off life support. They got to take you to surgery so they can take your organ. Mm-hmm. The father the has partner. convinced, yeah. yeah, the guy yeah. has convinced the um, police that he needs to come and say goodbye. What? Because he's very sorry. Oh. But he's not. He's very sorry. He put sorry. her there. Oh. It was he's a little girl, sorry. right? Yeah. And he knows that he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail or a good bit of time in jail for, uh, for murder, for homicide. Oh, so here I am pulling in a few days later, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's happened? Because sometimes families that are going to do organ donation will back out. Mm-hmm. And so I figure it's something like that. I get to the nurse's desk where you habitually check in, find out what you're there for, mm-hmm. and they say, look, we got a situation, um, the man that, put this little girl in ICU is here and the family wants to refuse him entry and we have no legal grounds to refuse him entry. Is there anything you can do? But he wasn't her father. But I don't know. I can't remember the particulars of why, but there was nothing legal that could keep him Because he probably was her guardian. So being a minor, you know, there's there's got to be some sort of stupid ass red tape bullshit. I... Had already formed an opinion. Of course, as you would, yeah. I already I have. don't think I'm ever going to meet this guy, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. only just supporting the mom and the grandma and the sister. Yeah. And and the baby girl. I hear this story of this guy and repeated domestic violence calls that, you know, fell through the cracks, all the rest of it. Sure, sure. And so I don't like this guy. I'm not a fan of this guy. Mm-hmm. And I, but I now have to minister to him. He's now on my patient roster as well, right? That's rough. <laughs> anyway, I go to see the mother, and I say to her, tell me what you think. And she says to me, I'm fine with him coming to pay his respects because it might be the only time he pays respects to my daughter mm-hmm. because he sure is Oh, my God, hasn't done she's it so before. gracious. And she said, I want him to see what he's done. Yeah. I think he does need to face what he's done, and if he is man enough to come in here and face what he has done, then, because to her, it wasn't about as much as being gracious as it was about, look at what you did. Yes, exactly. Punishment. Okay. You know, like serving him. <clears throat> right. So off the family goes, I have to go with the guy into the room. Cause is this security there as well? Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I have to go in. And this guy was distraught. He is just 
crying and distressed and just really in pain. And in we go. And I kid you not, in the course of the, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes that we were in that room, I got it. Yeah. Like I, my heart opened and I understood mm. that this human being was a human being. Mm. And if anybody was a child of God, then so was he. That we were all included. Yes. We either all are children of a God or we're not. Yep. But he abused no, a four-year-old to the point of coma and death. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you're okay with that. I'm not okay no, with no. it, but I'm, I'm able to love. I'm able to forgive. I'm yes. able to feel compassion. Yeah. And in that moment, I understood what all these great religious and spiritual teachers have talked about, of how we are these spirits in bodies. And sometimes when we're in our body, we don't do things that are good. Mm-hmm. But there is good in us nonetheless. And this guy was the true embodiment, um, like so regret, so sorrowful. Now, and I had worked in domestic violence. I know that's what they do. That is what abusers do. Yep. They turn on the charm. Yep. They make you think that they're truly sorry. They're fine and they're yep. sorry. Yep. And they get it because in that moment they are. But in another moment, they're, they're punching your face in. Yes. Yeah, they're punching yes. your face in. That's yep. right. But in that moment, I could see that this guy was, I could just feel the energy coming off of him. And I'm like, this guy's for real. Mm. So fast forward about three months later, we do a memorial service once a year at the hospital for all the patients that have died and for the, um, to remember them and to bring families back that want to come. Cause a lot of times people haven't come back to the hospital. Maybe say thanks. And so, yeah. Show some respect. But just to check how they're doing. Okay. It's a way for us to be able to check on them. Yeah, cool. But it's also a way for them to be able to come to the hospital, not for another emergency. Not for another bad diagnosis. Not for another. So we're trying to help them see the hospital as... In a new light. In a different light. Yeah, Yeah. so that they don't regret. Sorry, guys. That's just a plain just popping over us. Yeah. We might be able to edit that out, hopefully. So why did we do it again? So we do the memorial service so that people can come to the hospital and and deal with it. Because sometimes people never come to the hospital again if they can help it. And so it actually allows them to have another experience. Well, here comes this little girl's family. And I, you know, I'm going to make a beeline for them. And I talk to this girl's mother and ask her how she's going. And she tells me this most amazing story that after the sentencing, after her daughter's funeral, after the sentencing of the guy, um, she started to visit him in jail because she was not at peace. And she was so bitter and so angry and so all of that. Mm -hmm. And so she started going to harangue him Mm -hmm. and he would take it. He was, he'd just listen. Right. Mm. And through the process of her, they actually found their way back to the place wow. where they weren't crazy whatever. Mm. They mm. were human beings again. And she was able to forgive him. Yes. And he was able to forgive himself. And to this, like this beautiful, beautiful healing occurred for mm. the whole family mm. because she was willing to continue to engage and yeah. to continue to try to find peace. She was like, I'm not going to let this be the end. I'm yeah. going to keep going with this until I get to peace. So the lesson there for me 
in that moment and in, in my role as a as a healer and a, a, a leader in that situation was that looking for that good in the person because he couldn't believe he said I can't believe you're here with me mm. I can't got that bit yeah. can't believe you're here with me I can't believe that you could have compassion on somebody like me I'm a monster and now you know I'm saying you're a child of God mm. Mm. You know, you still got life in you, so there's still something for you to do, and there's you can make reparations, and you can turn this around, and yeah. you can heal this. Yeah. Just because you stuffed up doesn't mean that that's that's it. It's, it's, it's yeah. not it's one not strike right. you're out. It's, it's like one strike. You know what? And Get it's, better. It's not three strikes you're out. It's not a hundred strikes you're out. It's that you have to keep learning. You do you have to. Keep you learning. do, and as long as you're on this earth. There's stuff for you to learn. And mm. if your life sucks, mm. if it's not going well, well, guess what? It's not done. Yeah. It's not done. And there's, you know, That's I love point. that tomorrow's a new day, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, Gone with the wind. Yes. Oh, Scarlett. Tomorrow's oh, just tomorrow's another, another day. day. <laughs> or, you know, Tom Hanks is in Australia at the moment, and mm. we've helped Ooh. him get coronavirus here. Well, well I, I, I think he got it from his wife. You got to tell his mama. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's currently uh, March 2020. True. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so Tom Hanks did a movie called Castaway. So yes. for some of our younger yes. viewers, they might not have been alive when that came out. Wilson. But um, he's married to Rita. Rita Wilson. Listeners. Too much. Yeah. So Rita Wilson, I think, yeah. is the one that gave it to Tom Hanks. Yeah. Ah, got yeah. it. Because she traveled just recently. She traveled more because she's doing this big speech got series. It. Yeah. Well, she was so, singing. Speech and singing. Yeah. In Castaway, the spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Castaway, just cover your ears for a second. Um, <laughs> but there's a moment where his friend um, is asking him how he survived on a desert island for all those years. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said, you just breathe. Ugh. You just keep breathing. And you, wrote you this movie. Wait, <laughs> and you wait, and you wait for the sun to come, because the sun will come up tomorrow, and you never know when the tide is going to turn. Yeah, I'm pretty sure half of that was and If you haven't watched that movie, you need to watch that movie. It's life-changing. Tom Hanks right. is yes. brilliant as always as he is in everything. Guys, All right. So um, I'm I, just going to have another glass of wine here. Yes, because and I want to ask you about... So... We've talked about your time as a chaplain and working in the hospitals. I want to talk about what you're doing now. So you now call yourself a results coach and spiritual educator. So tell us a little bit about what a results coach is. Is that like a like you know guy at the gym who trains you and you see results? <laughs> what kind of results are we talking about here, Catherine? And, and how can I benefit from this? Me too. Yeah. So results, results coach is a term um, coined by Benjamin J. Harvey. Who? who? Benjamin J. Harvey, who is the founder of Authentic Education. And he was um, is my teacher and my mentor. And he um, has been a life coach, um, gosh, 20 years, 25 mm. years, something. Um, and as coaching, as um a non-licensed profession was growing, he and his business partner um, became concerned with the education that was happening um, in the coaching industry. And so, um, fast forwarding, long story short, they created a company called Authentic Education where they train coaches. Okay. And they developed 
um, a not method. Not gym coaches. Though. Not gym yeah. coaches. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's coaching. Um, it's basically the way that I interpret it and the way that I work with um, with Ben's model, the authentic education model, is finding out very much what I used to do when I was a chaplain. What is it in your life that is giving you disease? Mm. What is what what's not working for you right. that you would like healing for? Right. What's the thing that you want to transform? And wherever you are now, I'm gonna find that out. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna find out where you want to be. And then I'm going to help you get there. Get there. Right. And that's what the result is. Yeah. So okay. it's not life coach. It's no. not health coach. It's not fitness coach, relationship coach, marriage coach, parenting coach. It's results because you can get results in all of those areas of your life. Mm -hmm. You want to start a new business. You don't know what you're doing. Fine. We'll get results in that. You want to get some physical it's more health like fine-tuning. Yeah, mm. and but here's the greatest part of this model. That yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on Ben. Um, <laughs> the greatest part of this model, from my point of view, is that I do virtually nothing. Okay, yes. hold up. Wait I do a minute. virtually nothing. <laughs> so you know how in coaching sports, yes, the coach may not be the best athlete, but they never know strategic. But they know how yeah. to train. Yes. And they Hello. know how all to... All black support are like 100% over here. Like yeah. I completely love all of the coaches because that's exactly how they work. Yeah. Absolutely. But they couldn't play the game. But no, not anymore. the anyway. great oh. thing about this is that not only am I not the coach and that you're the coach for yourself because you are your own best coach, you're mm. your own best healer. Mm. We've known this for centuries. Like, it comes through all the major religious traditions, all the, all the major spiritual traditions, is that we do it ourselves. The thing that I really love is, you know that phrase, all the answers lie inside of you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I used to think that that was um, a really great idea, but it obviously didn't apply to me. Because right. the way that I thought about that was that it would be like you're a walking Wikipedia, right? You, you kind of are a walking all... Wikipedia, though. <laughs> ah, but for the stuff that she knows. Yeah, the stuff that, know. stuff that she knows. Yeah, but you know, like to know all the things. And, and, and to have all that kind of, all the answers you ever need are inside you. And it's like, where? Yeah. Where are those yes. answers? Yeah. Well, what, what I do know is that we do have... It's our soul, it's our spirit, it's mm. our whatever oh that my God, thing I is. Agree. Whatever that thing is, your higher self, your inner knowing, your intuition, your wisdom, oh, love whatever. Yes. That I've gotten from my religious um, upbringing mm. and my own faith and my own, like, own experience mm. of that in my life. Mm. What I'd never realized was that that is the driver of all the other answers are inside of you. And it's not that they're inside of me or you or you. Mm. It's that... The, the, the power that is within me, mm -hmm. that is that kind of, that soul part is what I call it, or our spirit, is so powerful and so freaking smart that it doesn't just know the answers. It knows how to get the answers. Right. So it brings me people in my life to teach me. And it brings me situations and books fall off shelves and movies So we are our own healers, but you're the facilitators. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what, what I do, do is I help you connect to your power. 
Yes. Your source of energy, your source of wisdom, your source of knowing. Mm -hmm. And help you to hear that for yourself, to understand it for yourself, yeah. articulate it for yourself. So that eventually, I do myself out of a job. That's right. my goal, is to do myself out of a job because you don't need me mm. to coach you because you have learned how to do it for yourself. Well, there so are that's... 7 billion people in the world, so I, I don't think you're going to be out of a job anytime hey, soon. Speaking of that, where would I find you on Facebook or do you have a website? What? Yes, so um, the uh, Instagram and Facebook tag is goodlux, G-O-O-D-L-U-X. Lux is Good Latin luck. for light. Yeah. And then life, L Y F E. That's a whole nother story. Ooh, wow, that's like a whole other podcast. Like, <laughs> <Well, okay. laughs> like we have to bring you, you back. Life. Hold on, I'll just jump. Yeah. Get some more wine going. Okay, I've got another wine. Yeah. I've opened another one. Right, we're ready. So, Good Lux Life yeah. on Facebook. And my website is under development, so yeah. that's going to be goodlux.com.au. Fantastic. I want you to tell us more about that next time we have a chat. But yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. I don't know how I feel about that story. I feel kind of... About the child. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've it's... got my own situation with my own family and the foster children and, 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 and my, obviously my own stuff going on. Obviously mm -hmm. everybody who does. And that breaks my heart that a little four-year-old, mm -hmm. um, it rips me apart that a four-year-old lost their life. Mm. But I'm so grateful that you were there. Mm. Knowing who I'm you too. were, I'm, I'm so too. glad that you were there. I'm glad that I got to witness it and to learn that and to help. side of life. And know? forgiveness is very, it's very important for us as human beings because not being able to forgive someone puts a whole amount of negative energy on your own life. And it, it can actually hold you back in oh doing things, you know, so being able to forgive someone it just it lightens everything for you not necessarily saying that you need to just let it all go but you gotta it, process it first yes yeah but you definitely need comes. to process it but forgive being able to forgive someone especially someone who's done you wrong yeah and it, it just it is a healing tool it is very much a healing tool oh and there are people who teach that you know, they teach just Hello. that. I'm raising my hands. Yes. Oh. Catherine, Catherine Count teaches. All right, so How we're going to have do? all of Catherine's details listed on the bottom of this podcast on our Facebook page, on yes. our Instagram, and basically just all over everywhere the Everywhere we can put it. It'll yeah. be everywhere. We'll, we'll skywrite it. We'll twit face YouTube. What? what? Twit face. <laughs> twit face YouTube. I think, Where's I think that one? Vanessa's had too much wine. I got, I got, I got, I got. <laughs> Well, I'm really grateful for this Artisan Wines Pinot Grigio. It's, yes, it's delicious. Yes, and you're, it's not even sponsored. Hint, hint, Artisan <laughs> Vineyards. Sponsored. But check us out, please. Give us a like and a follow. Subscribe and check us out. Um, more details to come. And yeah. with the wine, we also have sympathy. Yes. Thank you so much, Catherine, for Thank you. coming along and chatting Thank with you. us. And good luck to you. And I know you'll do fantastic. Of course. That's the universe we live in. That's the so. universe we live in. All right, ladies. Cheers. Charles, Charles. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 